Welcome to the Don't Die podcast, sponsored by Aloe Treatment Centers. They're out in Malibu. They're in Silver Lake. It's a treatment center I started with some friends. We want you to get the right treatment, the right program for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck. Hey, Chuck, <laughs> Thank stop you. dying. I, I, I have. You're oh, still yeah. you're still alive. I, I am. Maybe this whole podcast point is to keep you alive by reminding you to not die. It's oh. working. It Thank is. you, guys. You look Thank younger. you, Mike Mart. You look younger yeah, than you welcome, did when sir. we started. <laughs> I feel younger. I saw you rocking out with your kids. Yeah, two of them. Sash and Bug. I was thinking like, I used to have a music room in my house. I don't anymore because no one uses it. But you guys actually use it or is that just a bluff for Instagram? <laughs> no, it's an actual real thing because uh, I got Bug those electronic drums for Christmas. Yeah. And but you were playing. I, I was and playing. They don't make any noise. You because, can wear headphones. Well, there were a ton of pictures from that day because we all switched around and did different stuff. Yeah. Well, your one son played bass the whole time. Uh, Sash plays guitar. He plays bass and he messes with the drums. But his girlfriend plays drums, so he doesn't. I only uh, saw two pictures. You were drumming. Oh no, I've got a, I've got a whole herd of them. Not I on just Instagram. Didn't post them you all. don't. Oh. I know, so it didn't happen. I guess if it's not. But, yeah, wow, this is really loud in my brain. Yeah, this really? is too loud. The headphones are too loud. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's what you want to hear as an audio I've taken them off my head. No, no, no. I got. I turned it down. Uh, there you go. Hey, uh, so there we are. So it is the new year. It's 2020. We're well into 2020. I think it's uh, been time enough. I have cut down. <laughs> and how many pieces are you well, on? Well, I don't keep track daily. I just go by how many times I have to go to Rite Aid. In, two, in 2020, I have only gone to Rite Aid one time. <laughs> that's, a, that's 170, and I've got probably well, six left. So 110 in like three days. That's way down. That's less. That's way good out. for you, Chuck. Are you still shooting vape? Uh, only, only after meals. No, oh, okay. no, I, I, I'm still vaporizing, but I'm not vaporizing the 50 mil, milligram. And I, I, what? This will be the year I'll slowly taper off. And I haven't had McDonald's in two days, which is there. You go. The, yeah. That, the the immediacy of losing your belly doesn't. It takes time. Like yes. with nicotine gum, I can see like, oh my god, I didn't spend sixty dollars. With McDonald's, it's like, oh my god, in four months maybe we'll notice that I, I didn't have. Right. Money. You know what? You probably won't notice. It'll be someone else will notice. They'll go, "Have you lost weight?" And you'll go, "Oh my god, there's my wiener. I did." <laughs> 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 because it, it doesn't <laughs> you had to bring it in the gutter <laughs> well i just looked there's down my and that's wiener. <laughs> so let's talk about there's my wiener so <laughs> so when really? i was a rock musician believe it or not i was rather portly like a morrissey type <laughs> and i was so i had been skinny when i was in my 20s and all of a sudden this is in the early 90s I, yeah, I was sitting on the toilet and I looked down and I couldn't see my penis. And, and I was like, oh. oh my God, I'm one of those guys. <laughs> you know, one thing, I'll just say a side note. Like, what? No happened? matter how big Flea or Norwood's gut gets, you, they'll always be able to see their <laughs> <wing>. <laughs> There you go. Flea and Norwood, you guys got it good. But, but for, for us regular folk, you know, you can just get a little to three inch tummy there and you just can't <laughs> well, see it <laughs> Well, you know, I oh guess that's, that's always the joke. But apparently, so I was saying I'm not eating fast food 
and uh, I want to lose my belly and whatever. And a friend of mine just said, dude, you have to fucking exercise. And I was like, that is a step too far. Yeah. I'm going to cut the fatty foods out and see what happens. You know, though, I, dude, that does make such a big difference. And the people that I've talked to that are fitness people say it's, it, it varies, but it's between 75 and 80% diet. And then the rest is exercise and lifestyle change. It's it's seventy five to eighty percent in the kitchen is where you make the difference. Well, but have you ever seen that movie with the guy who eats McDonald's for a month? Yeah, that's who I feel like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't look like him. I, I do, do that you all remember the time. <laughs> yes, that, that was that was like a horror movie when he would show. I, he tried. What's the guy's name? He's Morgan there. Spurlock. Yeah, that, Mike. You never saw it. I can tell by Mike's. No, I've seen you it. You seen it? Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> Awful, it's most that. awful movie I've ever seen. <laughs> because, <laughs> because you relate to it. <laughs> well, you know, I stopped eating after Christmas. I stopped eating carbs. And I stopped stuff, eating. And I, <laughs> yeah, I stopped eating carbs. And so our, like so our, we're sticking to it in a general way. Wait, but Mike had a number that he didn't repeat this time. How, how much weight do you think you've lost? Well, I, I told you guys ten, but I think it's more like seven or something like yeah, seven. Yeah, you, you, like, you always round well, up. You always round up. Well, right, right like after you stop eating, right after you stop eating carbs, and you kind of just cut down on everything, you know. I don't think you lost weight. I think you just pooped it out. Yeah, you poop it out. <laughs> yeah, and then then your body normalizes, and you got to trick it a little bit. Right, right. Then you right. got You keep jump starting, like I just re jump started on that the fasting. And I priced wetsuits. I priced wetsuits because I'm going to go down and go surfing at Bob. Bob's yeah, out. Everybody, oh, I knew he had to bring that up. Oh. So yeah, <laughs> I decided, <laughs> so, so Aloe, we're doing a huge expansion in 2020. We got five new houses. It's going to be, it's do or die for Aloe, right? 2020. Wow. So it's very exciting, but I realized like, you know how far, you think how far, far it is from Claremont to, to Malibu. Yeah. So I'm out in Malibu yeah. like once a week probably. I come here once a week uh, in Silver Lake. Um, I'm going to have to be out there like three or four days a week. So Evan and Jared were so gracious and said, why don't we look into, get, we can get a corporate apartment. And I was like, I like the sound of that because I don't think I have to pay for it. <laughs> I just like the word corporate. <laughs> <laughs> to think that us three nitwits have a corporation is like incredible. Is, it's, it's incredible. <laughs> Lucky there's people who know what they're doing underneath. Yeah. So yeah, and it's all true because the an essential part of the business lives more than fifty miles away. You can have a company apartment. So wow. that's the thing that I have in Malibu. Everybody thinks I bought a house on the beach. Oh my god. Well, you're very vague about it on like Facebook. You're <laughs> just posting pictures of well, you like is. frolicking on the beach with it your is kids. Unbelievable. Well, here, my new well, house. Let me, let's de let's demystify the Instagram. You always want to put your best face forward on Instagram, <laughs> yeah. don't you? Yeah, you don't want to put. I'm a picture guilty of it. Pointing yeah. so down without your shirt here's on. Here's what something. we really have. We have a two bedroom, two bath condo at County Line. It's called, it, it, it's a condo con thing behind a it's gate, a great right? Surf and it has spot. a private beach. Yeah, the surf spot's a little north, right? So, <laughs> I, can walk, I can walk there. Yeah, but. Listen, like Nep oh my Neptune's net, right? You know where that is. That's <laughs> yeah. where all the surfers yeah. go. Yeah. So, Did Hoy so, come visit you? No, he will, though. But but here's the thing. It's wintertime. There's nobody there. It's like a ghost town. Yeah, it's the best right? time for the beach. Because yeah. the people... The people are only seasonal. They have these condos or timeshares or I don't know what they are. But literally, the, out of like maybe a hundred condos, there's only like twenty people, four, thirty people living there. 
and then the rest are just vacant. Bob, I they're think, all fucking skiing. I, yeah, I think come they're April, or May, June, it's going to be a whole different thing around there. So every time I go down to the private beach that's owned by the condo association, there's no one there. And so I take pictures, and it looks like I own a private beach like Flea or something. <laughs> well, I don't. <laughs> may, may, <laughs> you know, maybe you need to put on the post... The view from the corporate apartment, which I don't own, but because I live in Claremont, nowhere near here. No, I like I like it. Just this is us in Malibu, this is bitches. Us in Malibu, bitches. Bummer. Uh, you're but not I, in Malibu. But Bummer. here's here's an interesting thing. You know, I'm a big thrift store shopper. So obviously, there's no thrift stores in Malibu. There's not. There's very few in Santa Monica. So I have found Oxnard. The city of Oxnard is actually closer than Santa Monica to this condo. I've been going to Oxnard like three times a day. I love that fucking town. I mm. love that town. That's Do where you? all the servants I live. got like a 72-inch TV for $79.99 at a thrift store. <laughs> it's a little dark on the top. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's up on the wall, bitch. It looks good. But it's 70 inches of it, and kick here's, ass. Here's Probably <laughs> stolen by a junkie from a Malibu house and taken to fucking Oxford. One of those empty condos. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think that a lot of people in in uh, the more uh, affluent areas like Thousand Oaks or Malibu, when they donate their stuff, it goes to the thrift stores in Oxnard because there's no thrift stores ah. around there. Not, like, I doubt Thousand Oaks or Calabasas or any of those towns have thrift stores, but Oxnard, unbelievable. Hmm. I got a Schwinn tricycle for Sid, $29.99. It's brand new. It's like these, you know... Affluent people bought a tricycle for their kid and were too scared to let them ride it. And they donated it. <laughs> Did it come with a helmet and yeah. knee pads and elbow pads and a tooth guard? So it's been an exciting 2020 so far, but we'll see what happens. We got this beautiful place. It's unbelievable. Another thing that's happening in Malibu, that house that we're renting, I won't, I, I won't say the price of it because it's gauche, but it's, we're renting it for $1,000 less than the person who leased it last year paid. Because nobody mm. wants, there's a lot of fear. That Woolsey fire scared a lot of fucking people out of Malibu. Oh, yeah. Right? So prices have gone down. Well, if you live right on the beach, you can just walk right into the ocean. No, 12 houses in the condo. Get a small dinghy. How crazy is that? Junk, so now's my time to buy PCA. in Malibu. Is that what you're saying? Well, you would only have till now, till next fire season. <laughs> <You> yeah. <laughs> but I'd get, get to kayak. redecorate once a year. How? How crazy. Did you see the Prime Minister of Australia? I know we don't like oh. to get political, but did you see him? He's a motherfucker. He he believes in climate change, but he thinks money is more important than climate change, right? And a whole country is burning, and God bless you, anybody that's living in uh, listening oh, yeah, in Australia. The, and the motherfucker's trying to backpedal live on television. Did you see it? No, but oh I'm, my I'm God. hearing it all from... It was one of the greatest spectacles of stupid politicians I've ever seen. Right. So he's saying, I never said, I never said that I didn't believe in climate change. I just believe in jobs. Yeah, your whole country's burning <laughs> to the ground, but you believe in jobs. Jobs for firemen? Apparently. <laughs> Not for koalas, man. That was that was one of those things where it's like uh Steve Kelby's been posting so much about that. Does he live there? He's a there? singer. Yeah, he lives in Bondi Beach. And um, so it's just like. Well, oh, that's the place that's burning. Yeah, he's just devastated by the whole everything going on. And he's been talking about, was that guy's name Morrison? 
the port prime minister. Yeah, he's been he's been talking about how he needs to be lynched and how he needs to just he's just going on and on about how this this is not a fluke. This is one of those things where it's like, dude, there's a tidal wave coming, get off the beach. There's a tidal wave coming, get off the beach. And, and but what do you do when the whole earth is scorched? It's just frightening. So, anyways, I think I think Malibu's got a little bit of that. But come to Malibu for treatment because it's all. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it doesn't happen. All there's nothing left to burn. Yeah, when you're going in on Canaan, which is the main road into Middle Malibu, there's nothing left to burn. It's crazy. That whole thing, you know. And I went the Thousand Oaks Road too, is a little north of there, and it's just sad. You see people's. They're just the cement foundations of their houses are there, and then there's a trailer, and they're like living in the trailer and like waiting to rebuild it's so fucked up it so is. that's happening all over the world because of climate change some scientists say like every scientist on the face of the earth and then a bunch of politicians say it's not i don't know <laughs> would you trust scientists or politicians you know that's that's a toss-up depends on who <laughs> depends on who owns the scientists because a lot of them are owned by politicians so <laughs> that's true yeah. anyways so so i had a conversation with a couple of addicts um, we're somehow this podcast, uh, because we talk so, I think how I just talk like this way all the time, but I think it's different hearing clinicians like you and me and some of the people we've had on here just talk openly about addiction and treatment and whatever. Cause I was talking to this kid today and he said, I listened to the podcast and it's just so amazing that you tell the truth and it, and, it, and it, <laughs> no, but it struck me. Are we not telling the truth in treatment? That, that was a question I wanted to pose to you, Chuck. I don't think we're telling the truth. As far as what? Okay, kid said, why do I have to be in group? I've been in, I've been in tr 30 treatments over eight years. Every single group I'm in, I've heard every word that's going to be said. I said, it's because of insurance. I don't really want to sit there and say the same things I've been saying for 20 years. I don't believe in the, the groups help people. I don't. You may. I don't it, like you like it, well that example what you're saying right there he was it, and he wasn't being a resistant no no kind of he was just being like really genuine and that, I was like it's because of insurance uh, if it was up to me I would definitely have you doing other things than sitting in a process group talking about your belly button Right, the especially a check-in group or something. <laughs> check-in. <laughs> hey, Mike, check Mike's in. never did, been in the check-in group. Let's do let's do a group right now with Mike. <laughs> so, good morning, everybody. How you feeling? How's the How's the evening? Chucky, take over. You're better at it. <laughs> no, I'm not. So, I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go we, around the room. Start off and see. You know, we can popcorn around, or let's. You know what? Better yet, let's just start over here, Mike. Mike, how yeah. how, how, how was your weekend? Where are you at? Oh. <laughs> Really? Is that That's what you what have to do? Is. That's what it is. And the kid's been doing it how long? For well, eight years. <laughs> well, Mike, what are you struggling with? What do you need help so, with? What can we support you did with? You, did you have any triggers over the weekend? Did you, what were your successes you, over the weekend? <laughs> Wouldn't you just have the tendency to just start bullshitting like crazy? I mean, I would. I'd be like, you know what? I don't know, man. This is all, you know, this is all a fantasy. I don't know what you people are. I don't oh, you know get labeled a psych patient. Uh, yeah. You know, oh, um, did I get sent away? Uh, you'd be, you get labeled a psych patient. 
we're, talking we're like a fantasy. That. Is there really? any? Is there anybody in the room that we can't see that you can? <laughs> oh my God! You're kidding me. Would you hear voices when there's <laughs> no one else around? <laughs> Are they inside or outside of your head? I don't think Mike would have gotten sober if he went to rehab. Uh, no, but I just thought as a my group, my group when I got sober was out in the desert with my sponsor, and this is how it went: pull. Boom! <laughs> Pull! Oh, boom. shooting! Yeah, we shooting. shot and we just drove. We drove motorcycles around the desert yep. and did all kinds of dumb shit. And we you, talked program. You would every dog day, on the roof. Every you day we it. talked program. But you know what you're talking about? We had a guy just come back where he, he had to go through the detox thing, and then it was like, you know what? It's not. Uh, there's no way I'm going to RTC this guy. So I go to my clinical director and go. There's no way he's doing six hours a group, seven days a week at that remedial RTC yeah. where people are just what? coming out of detox. Let's get that? him to let's get him to PHP, and it's just like, dude, I've I've actually said, you know what, man, I don't even know why you're here. If you just need to go to a meeting, you've done twelve step before. You need an outside support system. You don't need to be in treatment. You need to get a job. So let's see how quickly we can step you up and out of here. I don't think you need to be here for 90 days or but 120 see, days. But see, then when that kid, I've, I used to do that last and seen us. Then that kid uses again. Then all, all the staff goes, see, Bob rushed him and he wasn't ready and blah, or, blah, blah. Or it comes back with, <laughs> see, it can, and it's not just, it's not even that. Then other clients see that happening. I want to be that. Bored. I want to hey, be that. Hey, how come that? he got to how do PHP? He got, oh, how come yeah. he gets to job Mike, search when he's on PHP? Mike, you have no idea of like how I ridiculous don't. it is. I, I forgot I about the other clients. See how long it's been since I've oh, done dude. groups? I forgot. If you do do the right thing by one of these kids, then all the other guys want, like, hey, why, why does he get to fucking step down? I've been here for three weeks. Dude, I was in RTC for four weeks, and he didn't even have to do any. That's bullshit. <laughs> this place is bullshit. <laughs> Fuck this place. You're just trying to rape me for everything you can get. You just want my pee. Yeah, because <laughs> I got a bomb-ass PPO. You guys are... <laughs> That's a shout out for our boys, our boy in Sacramento. He's got a bomb ass PPO. I'm gonna ride this. They know what kind of insurance. I'm gonna ride this till I'm 26 for sure. (laughs) Do we even even know Neil's last name? I think he like he just revealed it, right? Neil Sacramento. Yeah, Neil Sacramento. <laughs> Neil, don't Neil, Sacramento. He gets so sick of hearing about the PPO. PPO. <laughs> that guy's funny, yeah, man. Here's the thing. When I was growing up, until I, I think when I, when Thelonious Monster signed with RCA, that was like 89. That's when I knew that you, there was this thing called insurance. I had no idea. <laughs> And, and, right. and one of the managers, Danny, I think said, you know, we need to get you health insurance. And I was like, I'm healthy. <laughs> I remember saying that because it sounded like ex- an expense that I didn't want to fork out because I was on the heroin. Right, the heroin's kind of expensive. That oh, was yeah. my health plan. That was my health plan. My health, my health plan was IMS, <laughs> Indigent Medical Services. You could go in to a doctor in Santa Ana with anything that ailed you, and they would find you someone who would treat you for it. But, and they'd give you bus passes. So that was, while I was using, that was my go-to. But fast forward 30 years, every kid I know knows their health insurance. Mm-hmm. Or at least that you deal with in treatment centers. Oh, not only that, but they say, if you don't lower my level of care, I'm going to call my insurance. And I, 
you're gonna call your you've got your insur- you've got your ICM on speed dial. You have a problem. Yeah, but I mean that's what we've come into. So so getting back to my point is it's insurance that dictates care, right? That's there's just no two ways about it. Mm-hmm. And and so, and they didn't so much when I was coming up in 2000, 2003, 2004. It was all the fraudsters that got in. Right. That that made, you know, insurance is paying billions of dollars for these flop houses in Florida, right? Right. And so they insisted to have accountability and know where the client was and what treatment they were getting and they instituted Jayco and and so I understand why insurance did that. I just don't know why they're not adjusting back to the good actors or whatever. And and it may never. It may never. But I know that I had when I worked at Los Encinas there were certain doctors that you would talk to on the doctor to doctor where they'd say, okay, you know, if you're really going to the mat on this, Bob, I'll give you another week because they trusted me. I didn't oh, try on, to, on peer to peer. Yeah. I didn't try to milk every dime every fucking day. If it seemed commonsensical to step a person down, even if it was two days earlier than I'd want to, I would do it. I wouldn't right. do it on a Friday. You had this negotiation with the insurance industry that no longer exists. No, like no. in so many other areas of our society where conversation just doesn't exist. Well, I said to the pizza guy, we just got pizza tonight because I had to get the kids fed before I left. So, pizza guy comes it's 24 16 i give him 30 dollars. i said keep the change he's looking at the receipt trying to figure out what i'm saying right because 20 year old kid and i said listen i used to be a pizza delivery guy and i used to remember how amazing it was when you got a five dollar tip 584 right yeah 584 he laughed because no one tips anymore really you know that so, and the reason why I know no one tips is because the, the large uh, Papa John's thin crust pizza, cheese pizza that we get has this special. It's $11.99, right? And it's a $3 delivery fee. So it's like $15. When he was, when he was like looking at his money, I saw he had a 10 to 5. So the delivery before had paid him $15 for a $15.60 pizza, right? Mm-hmm. And... It was just crazy because he was trying to get me $5.60 change or whatever. And, and he didn't have any ones, right? So, so I realized, like, he, you can't even have conversations like that. If I had a conversation with somebody 15 years ago and I said, keep the change, I used to be a pizza delivery guy, that would start a conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, cool, man. Yeah, That's thanks. Really good. Thanks. No one yeah, does thanks. this anymore no or whatever. He just laughed. And he kind of understood, and he just walked away. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do with this money? He probably went back and said, he gave me too much. <laughs> what am I doing with this money? What am I doing with this? <laughs> and then the, he said, keep it. Another thing God happened, and this is just drives me nuts about our society. There's no common sense. I go to buy a fire stick. Do you know about the fire stick, you guys? It's the greatest thing just, ever just, in history of mankind. Just plugged it in. Uh, no joke. As I, I've got an email that says, welcome to fire something or it's another on my thing. It's the greatest thing ever. I wish we could get sponsored by fire stick. I love them. I bought four <laughs> of them. I bought four of them over the holidays because they were on sale for twenty eight forty four at Target. That's right? funny. So I four bought, of them. I bought well. I bought three, and then we got the big seventy-four dollar TV. Uh, so I had to go back, and the price had gone up back to thirty-nine ninety-nine. Right. So I back at Target because the Christmas holiday it was twenty-eight forty-four. 
I know exact numbers because I don't know why I'm OCD. So, so when I go day, yesterday or day before, what was today? Monday? When I went on Saturday, I bought it and it was back up to thirty nine ninety nine. I said to the guy at the Target, like the electronics thing, like this was just twenty eight twenty three eighty eight or twenty eight thirty three, and he said, yeah, that was the holiday special. And I said, okay. And I started to take it away. And he said, you have to pay for it here. I said, when I bought them at Christmas, I didn't have to. <laughs> and I hate being accused of being a criminal. I hate it. Like the What city I, was that in? I was in... Um, Orange County? No. Oh. In the Valley. in Right near where Benmont used to live. Right. right that off right, ramp. Right. About yep. 101. Um, so so I, I buy the thing from him. But he mistakes that I I gave him forty five dollars, and and he rang up that I gave him fifty dollars. No, I gave him forty six dollars because uh, it was forty five something, and he thought I gave him fifty dollars. So then he was looking real hard, like trying to figure it out, and he got his phone out and he was on his calculator. Huh. I said, "What are you doing? It's like, it's like five dollars off." And so he he said, okay, well, here's your receipt, but you know, know that you only paid 46, not 50. And I said, no, it's not important that I know that. It's important that you know that because your register is going to be off. And he, <laughs> and he looked at me like he had no idea what I was talking about. Yep. That wasn't in the hire sheet. <laughs> that was not. That wasn't. Like, when do you learn uh, that stuff? When you're 13? Like, yeah. I, I learned that shit when I was a caddy golfing. Or just like, sitting around doing nothing. I mean, it, that's so weird to me because I'm, I'm not ancient, right? You understand what I'm talking about. I'm right? not ancient, and I remember going to, like, the grocery stores, and they'd put, like, the carrots on the scale, and they had to see that it weighed three pounds and that they were, like, 29 cents a pound. Do the math in their head and ring it up. Yeah. They didn't get to just beep anything. They had to figure some things out, and then they did it faster than you could think. Maybe it was right, maybe it was wrong, but it, it's so funny. The more we lean on our instrumentation, the more we lean on our tools, the less capable our people are. But he really, like the suggestion I got, you know what I'm saying is where they're accusing you of being a criminal? So I have to buy the thing in the electronic store because it's worth so much Because you so can put money. it in your pocket. And I've had conversations with people at electronic stores, departments of both Walmart and Target. There are way more value. I can steal a box of nicotine gum. It's worth more than this. Mm, they why, don't keep those locked? They don't keep the nicotine gum locked at Walmart or Target. Mm, right, A, I, they keep those bitches behind the counter. <laughs> because they know Bobby's coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and don't accuse him of being a criminal. <laughs> but <laughs> no, that that's so much more sanitized. Like I'm not a, you're not accusing me of being a criminal. You're just keeping the shit I want behind the counter. I respect that and that's been traditional for 50 well, years. You don't like the challenge with facts at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if somebody challenges your facts, facts and your reasonality. Well, why is it subjective? Why during the Christmas holidays can you just put them in your basket and go pay for them? But after the Christmas holidays, you have to buy them there. That's a good Who question. Who the fuck knows? This but is... it's, it's the madness of our society. And I truly believe this madness, this litigiousness, this I'm going to sue you, all this fucking bullshit, it just drives everyone insane. I, I believe that's what fuels a lot of the anger. Like you well, ever, ever try to talk to the cable company? I no, give up. no, I don't buy I, that fire I, stick, plug it in, watch what you get. 
it's pretty cool. That's funny because we were just talking about that the other day. How because I was look, we're looking at strollers and that's one of the things we used to do all the time. Strollers? Are you having a baby? No, nah, not no, no. They were they were. Just, Wait a minute! No, 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 no. What I, the hell are you looking? I'm at telling strollers you, she for? had me. Fix, I we were talking about strollers, so one came, went by or something, and it reminded Amy of. How in my first marriage, my wife, my first wife was always on pills, and she had a lot of doctors. So we were going to CVS all the time. This is before computers and all the everything yeah, was connected. Yeah. So we'd go in with little Tristan right. in a stroller, the base, and put two eighteen packs and a bottle of vodka on the bottom of the stroller. And they used to give you your prescription with a tag on it, and you can go pay for it up front. It would have a number attached to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and they just walk out. You with don't, the... and we go up. Sometimes we pay for the prescription. Sometimes we wouldn't, depending on who was up front. But I don't know how many things we got away with. I know we got away with with the booze all the time. And have you made amends for that, Chuck? To the no, Rite not even close. Uh, you don't have. You don't have to make amends for uh, free booze. Yeah, actually, <laughs> what you know. <laughs> It, it, it or, wasn't or 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 it ripping off ripping off your dealer. Yeah, or dealers like, you know, dealers. I agree. You don't, you don't have, have to make the same that. thing. You know, you rip off some booze. You know, I, like I've jumped over many a counter with with twelve packs in both hands. I remember many I, many. I remember. A you know why I remember? Remember I, that? I'm not time? going back because to make I got amend. arrested with him one time when he did that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, well, it's after two. Do and you remember? Kinda, you, gotta, you don't even fucking. It was remember. on Franklin. Yeah, Franklin and Highland. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Mike well, Mart remembered. See? Then we got huh? in a car. Well, he remembers because we got in a car chase with the police. Yeah. And Before was, it was cool. I was wearing cowboy boots and a cowboy hat. I looked so different. And Bob than got arrested and we did not. <laughs> Is I that had, true? I had warrants I think, out. Had yeah. warrants. Bob got arrested. <laughs> the one straight-looking guy had warrants out. Imagine that. Chuck. Well, the way I see the guy it, caught us in our part in the parking lot. I think. Bob. Yeah. Where did you steal the beer? And then we, yeah, because yeah. they had put up like a barrier for people. <laughs> you know, because they, they knew because they were stealing beer. <laughs> yeah. So they put up this barrier. So I just grabbed a bottle of wine and two handfuls of six, two twelve packs. And just bowled right through that barrier just as fast, <laughs> just knocking it what down a dick. everything. What a dick. And they were kind of waiting for us outside. Yeah, and I was just sitting we in the car it. waiting. And all of a sudden, I'm the one who goes to You're jail. the wheel man? Good no, for I was you. In, the pa- in the back oh. seat. Rock Vodka was the wheel man. Yeah, he was. That's not a real name. That was his name. That's Rock a great vodka. name. Yeah, Had great vodka. His dad, his dad, oh, I just found out a basketball player who won six man of the year is gonna name his son uh, Six. How cool is that? How cool of a name is that? Six. I was thinking maybe I should have another kid to call him Eight. Eight. Oh. No, that's from Stranger Things. There was seven, I think. Uh, uh, is it seven? seven eleven. No, seven. It was eleven. 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 Seven was from Star Trek. So there's well. been other children named numbers. Oh, this is the first time I heard of it. I don't know. I, that's a scary. I don't know. It'd be fun. I guess. Foreman calls all his kids by their numbers since they're all George. George and Georgia. Well, the I, girls are Georgia. <laughs> that's fantastic too. But he had like five, <laughs> five boy Georges. Oh, hey, boy George. <laughs> I wonder if boy George is a member of the Foreman family. I, I don't think so. So, <laughs> so, anyways, I I just think that we do a service here by just saying, yeah, we don't necessarily agree with it, but this is the system that exists. A lot of the people I worked in criminal justice for years. A lot of people that work in criminal justice, including cops, don't agree with the system they work in. Yeah, right. it happens all the time. It happens all the time. Yeah, the cops the cops would, you know, regularly, like the one cop's leveled with me. The last time I got arrested, the guy got sober. The cops are talking about 
um, they go home alive on a Friday night, right? If you're because they were Rampart, so they're a part of all mm. that gang. The MS was coming in. 18th Street had the pro- thing. The Bloods and Crips are south of the 10, so they're working. Yeah, rules like or no one rules. One of the most gang infested parts of <laughs> you Los go Angeles. Home at night alive. So yeah, so they they told me. They always look around, and this this sounds racist, but it's racism in the opposite, so I think it's appropriate. So they said um, uh, they just look for white people that don't seem to belong in that area and just pull them over. Right, and they're probably junkies scorned. Yeah, they call it going home alive. Yeah. Hmm. They're going to go home alive. And they do it. They don't do it early in their shift because their shift starts at 3 in the afternoon. They do it at like midnight. So if they book somebody like me that night, um, at midnight, they just have paperwork and they don't go back out because they're working twelve hours. They're working to three a.m. So if they're in, ah. if, so if they're in Rampart on Friday night, going into Saturday morning at twelve o'clock, they're not going back out on the street for the worst part of the night. The question is, what cops don't do that? The cops that really want to be out there shooting people and kicking ass. Yeah, the ones <laughs> they call it target practice. <laughs> there was there was dope that was really a deep purple and like back in the eighties and stuff, and it was right. It was two blocks literally two from blocks Rampart. from the six, I remember yeah that. and it was really dark purple dope right and it was a plant from the police department because they used to watch whoever came up to this window and got there was a line and they, they would sit in their car and watch and take photographs they were profiling and they put dye in the heroin because it took lift you tattoos when you shot it up Oh, you're it, kidding. No, I have a bunch hmm. of marks on my arm from that whole era. <laughs> Mike, Mike, Mike knew it was run, Mike knew it was run by the police, but the dope was so good he kept going back. <laughs> you know they weren't no, going to rip you off. You would stand in line, you would stand in line, and all the other junkies would just be going, yeah, they're the, you know, that's how I found out. I said, yeah, that's the cops right over there. And they go, yeah, he's, they watch us every day. <laughs> that's know? just... Well, one of the cops in Rampart at the time that I got arrested and I was living down there and really rolling was the one, uh, I forget his name, but he was the biggest criminal down there. Do you remember about the Rampart police scandal? Oh, yeah. Where he was was killing people, stealing their dope, dealing dope, prostituting. Oh, man. And he was like a, a cop. He was prostituting. But he, <laughs> no, he was, super, he was supervising oh, okay, prostitution. Okay. And, and he was out on the streets at 2 a.m., I he bet he was. He didn't want to go home alive. Making that money. Making that money. And it's rumored <laughs> that he had something to do with killing Biggie. Oh, my God. Right? Ah, I wouldn't doubt it. Remember, the one guy disappeared. He was a former cop who got disowned Sorry. or just off the police force, and he disappeared like his body's never been found. They think that, he's, that somehow the drug cop culture of, of L.A. is what got Biggie, and that guy who killed him, who actually did the trigger, is dead and buried, and no one ever found him. And he was a former LAPD cop. So well, they say they say that the gang, the gangs, like you know, would pick the younger younger members that were going to become cops, and right. then they would put plants in the police department. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, the ch- criminal justice system in America is corrupt, and nobody who's really in it really believes in it. Right. I've talked to judges. I've talked to cops. I've talked to DAs, right? Mm-hmm. They're all just like, oh, my God. What you are know? we going to do? Our hands are tied. The, this the, is just the, the way the things, it is. One of the things the judges would talk about is mandatory minimums, that they fucking hate it. I because bet. it gives them not the discretion that a judge is supposed to have, right? To mm-hmm. have leniency and mercy, to have 
to bring the hammer down. It's this mandatory minimum, like the computer is telling you how much time you're sentencing this right. person to. So criminal justice system is the people who work in it. They believe it serves a public good, but they don't think it's perfect, and they don't believe in a lot of it. Same, I think the same can be said about rehab. There's, there's good in it. There's people that work there are compassionate and wonderful people and care. There is some amazing stuff that can happen by accident. It's a safe, contained environment to be away from drugs. But a be. lot of the stuff that's oversold, like you're going to heal and you're going to gain oh, yeah, insight yeah. to your childhood trauma, I, I, that's all just bullshit. You know, it, it's it's so funny you would say that. I bit caught a little bit on on netflix on my fire stick um <laughs> was uh how much did you pay for yours Jack? um i got it for christmas not this last year but the year before oh, and we never used it so oh, it's yeah. we just plugged it in it's so easy to operate uh, I, I didn't even know how cool it was so but on on the the netflix is an australian court show and it's so interesting to see how different Australian court is. Like people will come in, they're already on a good behavior bond because they got in trouble doing something else, but they'll tell a story to the judge and the judge will go, okay, sounds to me like it was just a bad day for you. And, <laughs> and it's so cool because they hear out, they hear the, um, the uh, they're not called lawyers. They're called something else. Parliamentary. Whatever, yeah. whatever they are. But the magistrates are willing to hear the stories. When, they, when they're being lied to, they lose their patience a little bit. But I didn't. they go, we really don't want to it's put a, a conviction. It's a reality show? Yeah. What's it, it called? It's, oh, God. It's called, I'll find out. All right, find out. So, so you know, rehab's not perfect. Criminal justice is not perfect. Our, obviously, politics isn't perfect. There is no perfect system. And this is the gray that life really is. And we are being told by our leaders, by religion, by religion, that, that there is, it, that it's a black and white world, right? So, Elvis Costello yeah. has a song called black and white world. I was living in the so black and do, white I world. I got a question. Do the, do the, client, court do the clients appreciate it when you talk? The yeah, truth? they really do. They really appreciate it. Right. They when really you talk do. the truth to them and tell them like, look, look, this, this is a group. This, this we have to, we have up, to ask certain questions. Yeah, and this stuff. kid opened up like a flower. Yeah, I think it was the first yeah. time he felt connected to anybody in years. And that's because what works. Everybody's bullshitting. How, how many but times everybody's it, bullshitting, Chuck. But what then they need to hear that simple fact. The thing we've talked about so many times is that the one thing that has been proven to work in treatment is a human connection. If you if you bond with a client, but that do we gives all have to sit in group to have the human No, but connection? but how do you do that? <laughs> By being honest, by being open, by being human, by not lecturing from a mountaintop, by not promising you're going to change their world. But but the system, in order to get paid, insists that you do all those things. That's the ridiculousness of right. it. Right, and they, they want this many hours of education and this many hours of this. So I'm sorry, we'll, we'll look, you know, then that is one of those things. I do bump up against that because at this point in time, the, the same stuff you've been talking about, there are people that have spent the last six years in and out of treatment. And by the time we get them, they've done 30, 40, 50. We had one guy who was in his 80s. So, I mean, it's like, you 80 know. 80 treatments? 80, 80, over 80. And his insurance paid for all of it? Yep. That's not 80 full, like, 90-day programs. But no, that's... I, I went to 24. Some of them were just, like, seven days. Do you have to cover certain things in group to get the coverage? Yeah. Core groups yeah, are absolutely necessary. 
You, you mean, how do they police them? How do they make Because sure? you have to send them the information of what you talked about. Everything you talk about, you have to Chart document it. and send to them. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Wow. So it's like if the group, the, the notes will have what the group was, what the goal was, what the intervention was, what the client's response was, and what their plan is. I don't even know what he just said. <laughs> what, what I'm telling you is that it used to be a whole lot easier. Uh, what I'm telling you is... Wait, say it again. Okay. Uh, like I, the, in the group description, there's a goal. What's like? Give an example. The goal, of the a goal, goal would be the client will learn to identify uh, underlying life stressors as pertaining to whatever <laughs> it is you're talking about, right? You're, you got to see Mike Mark's face right <laughs> now. Bunch of I, double can, time, I can see Mike Mark through the glass door. His, okay, his face. I'm and then like, what okay. the? I, here's what Mike Mark's face just said. What the fuck <laughs> does that got to do with not shooting dope? Oh, I know. <laughs> It's so true, but okay. you know, I mean, I guess. I guess I, but no, the, I the intervention would be like this writer provided psychoeducation on whatever it is that we're talking about. The clients answered uh, questions about this and discussed with their peers. And then in each individual client, you'd have client was on time to group, participated, do, didn't, yeah. was late to group, and they stated... Um, yeah, always a uh, statement. Blah, 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 blah. There's got to be a, a quote. statement that they said. And, and then, then you have to write this on all, each person? Every person, every day. And then and then, you, then the plan would be they will continue to follow up or they will journal or they will check in with their peers or they will follow up with their counselor or their I'm therapist. I'm looking at Mike right now. He has a newfound respect for you, Chuck. He just found a newfound well, respect I, for you. Man, I don't know. <laughs> Seems like being a banker or something. <laughs> It's, it's about two solid hours a day on the computer for me every day. Today was more like four. Really? You're yeah. feeling it? I had a, yeah, I just, it was an exhausting day, especially coming off like a rock and roll kind of fun weekend. Yeah, yeah man. It's, it's, it ain't easy. The, you've, you know that students can document, right? <laughs> I, I would love to get some interns. Interns want to get paid. Have, you don't, I don't, you don't have, have any interns, interns right now. Why? No. Why is that? Because, um, they, I, you know, I don't know why. We don't. We just absolutely don't. I would love to have two or three interns that want to sit in the Chuck is such a nice guy. If I was him, I'd be bitching and complaining to Warren, how come we don't have any interns? I know. Chuck has some patience, man. <laughs> I'm telling you. I well, have... what, what you learn, Mike, what you <laughs> learn is prior to every group, you want to you wanna set up a custom, not something off Pinterest, but you want to set up a worksheet that fits everything that you've discussed or want to discuss in your goal and intervention that allows them to give answers on paper, a place where they can write their name. Don't sign it. You're not rock stars. Write your name legibly, please, so that I can make good notes at the end of the day and not have to remember everything <laughs> that was said. Sounds to me said. like you've made this speech a hundred times. It's every day, dude. No, I think... Every day. I wouldn't tell people that's what I do for work. It sounds horrible. I'd uh, rather be an accountant than do what I just heard. But because it's part of the whole day, you know, you just take that time at the end of the day or go in early the next day because you have 24 hours to chart or go in early the next day and get it in before the clients show up. When yeah, the no last there. four years I really did it. I just did this one group with, with 40 clients on average. 20, 30, 28, 32 to 40 clients. And I had to document on every one. I would start, I would tell them in the, in the psychoeducation, didactic, uh, you know, back and forth group, recovery education. I would say, listen, I can listen and write at the same time. Don't think I'm not paying attention. 
I'm I'm just making notes for myself so that at the end of the day I don't have to sit there for two hours, mm-hmm. right? Because then what I would do is all the affects. Affex Mike are like your face right now. It just looks puzzled and flat. <laughs> no, like, I'm blunt, blunt, blunted, flat. He's uninterested. Flat, he's got a flat. No, but he's got <laughs> a confused flat affect right now <laughs> because he can't understand what the fuck this has to do with not taking right. drugs. Well, and you know what? And he's right. It has nothing to do with shooting dope. It has to do with how do you pay for the treatment that the people are getting because it's what insurance requires. It used to be we could do one big note. On best notes, which was like the best computer thing I had like eight, nine years ago. How about this? At MAP, I never had to do notes for four years of working there. Wow. You could just run a group. That's why it'd be sign nice in, to do private pay. The sign in Wouldn't it be sheet, great to do private sign pay? Sign-in sheet. I don't know why the sign-in sheet was so important to Buddy Arnold. Oh, my God. You get, get everyone Here, to sign their here's name. Here's what it seems like to me. You're taking somebody who has a talent of connecting with people and turning them into something they're not, you know, you're ruining their whole Yeah, computer stick, robot. Yeah. Basically, because like, okay, for me, recovery was fun, right? Like at when I discovered at 30 Days Sober that I could was actually buttoning my cuff cuffs you know yeah yeah and brushing my teeth were you buttoning stuff like up that? your shirt in the middle because he, but- he never buttoned his shirt in the middle did you <laughs> well, know that? i don't just did I, you know it was always crooked <laughs> did you ever see mike mark and i never from tied, 19 <laughs> i never tied my shoes you know i just was like this slob from sort of 1980 to 1991 you got i looked sober? good though did you get sober in 91 <laughs> What year did I you get got sober? sober December 25th, 1992. 92. From 1980 to 1992, Mike Mart never buttoned a button. I just couldn't <laughs> believe, you know. So so what I'm Rock saying and is, roll, that, baby. is that Rock recovery and, and, you know, like like my, my sp- going out to my sponsors and, and cutting wood and making fire in the morning and making coffee and then we'd read a little bit out of the big book and then we'd go out and we'd go to a meeting and then, you know, I mean, that's what I did for the last Yucca Valley? Year. Yeah, Landers. He lived in Landers. Oh, Landers. He had the time at the time. And yeah, there's a fellowship hall in Landers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of AA clubhouses in the Upper Desert. You know that, Chuck? Yeah. So it was in, fun. There's one in Yucca Valley. No, but the like point fun. being, like, that there is an Alano club in Yucca Valley. There is a Alano clubhouse on, on, on Joshua Tree Boulevard, the one that goes up to the park. Right okay. north of, of of 29 Palms Highway. There's a Landers Fellowship Hall. There's there's three clubhouses within 10 miles when only a, about 2,000 people live there. How come there's none in L.A.? There's uh, one in Glendale. And there's is Howe still in Huntington Beach on Beach yeah, Boulevard? Yeah, it's on. Howe uh, Foundation. Well, there's Howe a one in, uh, in, in Los Costa Feliz. Costa Mesa Clubhouse. Where is it in Los Feliz? Across from the golf course that we used to go to. Remember there was there's that clubhouse there. Is it still Yeah, there? that's what I'm saying, Glendale. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. Glendale. Thursdays in Sunset Beach. That's Glendale. Remember when the Mike? smorgasbord when you used go, to be there? When you go the backside of the hill, that's Glendale, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't I don't be lumping that in with Los Feliz. <laughs> <laughs> but it used to be. Remember, it used yeah, to be. Yeah, it's long, still there. It's still right. There. The golf the, course was when like the oh, sun let's go disappears to behind the hills. Yeah, you right go. Now. You go. You go in. It doesn't look anything like it used to. East of the five freeway, that's not Los Feliz. Los Feliz ends at the water fountain. Okay. Okay. Mike needs to get. Now you know, Mike. Well, uh, dang it, Mike Mart. It was close enough for me. 
That's how your whole life is. Things are close enough for you. You know, I'm just here to have a good time. <laughs> that's close enough does. for me. You know, that's what he does with guitar chords. With well, guitar it's close solo, enough I was for just me. gonna say that. That guitar solo was good. It was close. Here's the thing. I, Something I like happened that. to Mike Mart when we played. Now I don't know if you noticed. At first he was cranky and you know just getting it going on and hitting some clankers. And then when he doesn't, you see him throw both hands up in there. That's Mike Mart at its finest. When he hits the wrong note, he doesn't even try to find the right note he just puts both hands up in the air <laughs> and feedback <laughs> feedback, and feedback. So, perfect but when frenchy got up there you got serious no not yeah really. you did, did you I? played the songs when frenchy played much straighter and you played them right well, somehow <laughs> somehow and i have this thing about frenchy everybody loves frenchy i'll tell you everybody the funny thing about that guy. show is that and when we started off that we were did i think we did uh no not yeah. union street we did uh funkadelic uh, yeah psycho Psycho Funkadelic. i was completely in the it's wrong like i was one a, note i was a whole <laughs> like step up all he has the to one do one was like, fucking note hey. kept coming up to me going what the fuck you're the wrong <laughs> fucking kid are you kidding you me, know really? what though mike in your defense if it's only got one note <laughs> It Your sounded. odds of finding it out of the seven. <laughs> but, think, but wait a minute. You have to try to find it. Frenchy Frenchy doesn't try. He just throws his hands up in the air. Frenchie <laughs> came, came up and said, when you change, then it turned into something else. But when while you were doing the wrong note, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I oh, yeah. I'll but, show you. Watch me play all have, these. I have this theory about healing people. They don't necessarily have to work in the helping field. They just When, you're, when they're around, you just feel more at ease. Right? Frenchie is one of those people when he comes to my house, it's just like Frenchie's here. My kids love him. Everybody loves him. He's a wonderful person. He, let me, but I want to tell the backstory. He is a heroin dealer. <laughs> was. That's what I want well, people to know. He was you. for 15 years our heroin dealer. He's always De been a hustler. Yeah, but heroin, heroin dealers are demonized. By recovery people, post-recovery, Mike just did it. You don't have to pay dealers. No, you don't. <laughs> still, I still believe that. If you ripped no, you off don't. your drug dealer, but, it's No, fine. you don't. But I think that's another lie, that there's all these bad, evil drug pusher people. No, he's just this guy that's who why fell I won't into pay his back, addiction. I won't and, pay back Savon, because they're basically legalized drug pushers. And there's <laughs> that's why I stole their pills, and I stole their booze. And, <laughs> they, the OxyContin yeah. you get out of there? I'd, I'd never bought OxyContin from a... Did you ever take OxyContin? No. Did you, Mike? No, probably not. Uh, Percocet. No, I have, no, no. Percocet. Codeines and Percodans. Percocet, Percodan. Actually, Percodans were better than Percocets. Yeah. Percodans There's so better. many drugs. Like, I got... It'll be 24 years sober in a month and a half or something, if I make it, God willing, in the two of you in this room. <laughs> but, <laughs> but... But... There's so many drugs that got invented in this 24 years, Mike. Don't you think about it? It's insane. My, the last detox drug I used was Naltrexone. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> that, popular that's as like, hell. That's yeah. a Is big it? popular yep. drug. Well, that's part of Suboxone. Yep. Well, I, when it first came out, it was that doctor that out, out in uh, the valley, out yeah, in North Hollywood. Dr. Mark? Somebody, yeah, like that. We used that, to go and just get boxes of that. That's my stuff. favorite when people go, I'm allergic to Naltrexone. <laughs> no, you're not. It was kind you're of fun. So though. not. It was kind of you fun. You just don't want to be on it. You just got to shoot it up. Yeah, you got to shoot, shoot it up. It up. Uh -huh. And yeah. it would it would keep you from being sick. But he's talking about buprenorphine. 
Oh, it was Bupernex. Yeah, Bupernex. That's uh, what so, it was. It wasn't that. So, so it is Bupernex. So, but, 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 but let's, let's go on to the drugs that got created in the time the three of us have been sober. One thing, you know those, those and this was when I first noticed, like when I like a year and a half, two years, three years sober, those powerful <clears throat> lemonades started coming out on the Mike's market. Hard Lemonade. Mike's Hard Lemonade. God damn it. And I, I know never I had one of those. Never the, got to try one. The Vespa, whatever the drink, the wine cooler drink that, that they advertised a lot. The Zima? Zima. Never had a oh, Zima. Oh, I had Zima. I never had a Zima. You should have tried something I never got the Jack Daniels either, the cool, the wine cooler Jack Daniels. There's made. wine cooler Jack Daniels. That did. Yeah. Become popular, hard lemonade though. and that stuff hard like that. lemonade. So that was the first thing I noticed. Then in like 2000, when I started hearing about OxyContin and junkie friends of mine were talking about it, just like it was dope. You're like, right? I got, I got to use so I can I was get like, some. Of that this, this is fucking amazing. And the way they would tell me their insurance pays for it, and I was like, holy shit! Imagine yeah. if it's as good as heroin and your insurance pays for it. I'm not gonna do it, but just imagine how wonderful that would be. So what happened to Bupernex? <laughs> It's, it's still it's around. It's, it's just strips and pills it's that in, melt. You just don't shoot it. It's called Suboxone now. Oh, how come they don't let you shoot it anymore? That was fun. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just this thing with needles and veins and infections and all that stuff. I would think a lot of the addict population doesn't use intravenously. I, I think that a lot of them are just uh, smokers. And no, there's. It's. I'm surprised. It's how coming many back still now. Do. It's coming I mean, it's back. It's huge. It's, it's huge back. because you can buy them everywhere. Right, you can get access You can get a 10-pack for... But no, but it, when it first started, that pill epidemic that led to the heroin epidemic, like in 2010-11, right. it wasn't because a kid videotaped himself smoking an Oxycontin to show me how it worked, and he sent it to my phone. And he just put the pill on tinfoil and just fucking burned it right down like he burned tar heroin down. Huh. And I was like, this kid's a genius. <laughs> I love this yeah, kid. Yeah, but did it get him high? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know, when I first heard it was called hillbilly heroin, I was going, it's, it's got to be shitty. If they called anything hillbilly, just tells me it's like not as good as the regular. Hillbilly meth is pretty good. But it, but it was because moonshine. it was just it Hillbilly was moonshine's pretty good. Ask Mike Mart about hillbilly yeah, moonshine. 190, 190 proof shit. Yeah, Gross. Oh, oh you that. should see Mike Mark drink that shit like water. Uh, like water. Not about like water, but it was pretty No, powerful. guzzle it out of the bottle. Guzzle yeah, it out big. of the bottle. What is that? That's like water. Yeah, that was... You know, like, yeah. I would have to hold my nose... And just take one little step, you know. That's <laughs> just, that's, dude. That's and Mike would just say, "Give me that." And he'd just say, that's the stuff that you it. can actually take a whole mouthful and then blow fire with. You know what I mean? Like when you see Corey Did Parks, you do that? Yeah. Did you yeah. do that? Smog used to do it. I I did it once and almost caught myself on fire, so I never did it again. That would have been funny. But Smog used to do it all the time. And where did that's, you get that that's stuff? Abuse I only of drank alcohol. it. I only drank it a couple times with Mike Mart and Steve. So we from used the to bring, We used to bring Steve-o that from the shit back from tour. We'd you'd get it out in like Tennessee or some one of those places, and they'd actually sell it in a in like. Uh, did the Hickoids used to bring it to Grace? Do Grace Hickoids brought some yeah. sometime. You yeah, never heard was, of a band called moonshine. the Hickoids? Don't know no Hickoids, dude. There was this whole era, Chuck, that like, you don't know about. 
Uh, there yeah. were a bunch of errors. No, let's get into that in the next episode. Yeah, let's talk about music uh, next episode. We're we'll going to do a music episode. We're going to do a music episode next, but you got to, you, you're going to learn a lot, Chuck. We learned a I lot from wait. you this episode. You are the premier clinician <laughs> in the in Los Angeles that it, I in know. Us, in this room, huh? <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know about in this room because you're in here, but it, between me and Mike... But you know, premier clinician. But patient, all, all I know Chuck is, is this, patient. Mike finally knows what we do for a living. Well, <laughs> I kind of knew, but I just I didn't know. I don't know a lot of the stuff, but the terminology sort of slips by me. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's bullshit. Maybe because I don't really want to. Someday it's going to all slip by me, and I won't miss it. All right, I everybody. Hey, all oh, right. uh, you know what? I want to oh, shout yeah, out. Tell everybody to go to Ranto. Uh, yeah, to Jeff. We're gonna do an ad for Jeff. Okay, next. but um, I want to I want to shout out to uh to Adam Stasic, who's going to start Don't Die Pittsburgh. Oh no way! Yeah, baby, I'm gonna come there because that's where my Pittsburgh Penguins, my sacred Pittsburgh yeah, Penguins. Yeah, so he are. just he he contacted me, said he's gonna start Don't Die Pittsburgh, so we're gonna support that. That's excellent. I also want to give a shout out. Oh, um, we're doing shout outs. Shout I want to out. do one. Well, this yeah. guy sent me a text message today. He said, Hey, Mr. Forrest. I, I Mr. Forrest. Mr. Old. Forrest is my I father. Yeah. Wow. He's, he's Ancient been, like the Mr. Trees. Forrest has been dead for 30 years. <laughs> I'm Bobby. Hey, Bo- Mr. Forrest, I'm stay at home dad who really appreciates the many hours of company you've provided me. Heard you give out your phone number on Don't Die and just wanted to say thank you. How nice is that? The guy didn't give his name, but that how nice is excellent. that? Excellent. So, cool. anyways. Peace. Well, you know what? So, uh, you guys, I want to do one. Brandy uh, Cruz and Rue Rivera got married uh, this weekend. And Brandy, I know, listens all the time. And Rue's a cool guy. You know Rue, Mike Mart. Yes. Did you know he got married this weekend? I did not. Well, yeah, he did. So, hey, happy marriage, Brandy and. You know, you know, growing up with Brandon, <clears throat> growing up with Brandon, let me just tell what. Yeah, I got to get into this. So. At the Cathay de Grand, like I'm 19 years old. You got to understand. We'll just add a little five minutes, Mike. Okay. I'm 19 years old. I'm from Orange County, California, from that's Huntington a, that's Beach. That's a beautiful place from what I understand. It's just gross, and it's just <laughs> so sick and so so lame. It's no Malibu. Uh, no, but I mean, and I go to Hollywood. Right. And I, I like within the first few months, I meet Tony Alba, my childhood hero. Mm-hmm. Like... And he's all punk rock. And then Brandon Cruz is there from Courtship of Eddie's father. Danny Bonaducci was there from the yeah. fucking Partridge family. And I'm like, holy shit. And then Xene and John Doe and Tom Waits. And it was just like being in, in Neverland. Like I felt like Alice in Wonderland. It was just the craziest place on earth. You have these childhood legend stars. I mean, a lot of people don't know. They know Brandon from Recovery or from Dead Kennedys. They don't know about Courtship of Eddie's Father. You don't, do you? No. Brandon Cruz was the star of a TV show called Courtship of Eddie's Father about a divorced father. It was the first divorced father. I remember father. hearing about it, it but I didn't watch it. It was the first divorced no. father on television. Right, and didn't huh. the girl die of a heroin overdose or something? Oh, oh no, Buffy. That's family that affair. was family affair. That's yeah. family affair. Yeah. That, that mother, that 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 father's a widower. In Courtship of Eddie's Father, they're getting cutting edge like 69, 70, 71. He's divorced. It's a divorced father who has custody of his son. Yeah, when I was yeah. like two, I wasn't watching. <laughs> well, you can watch it on Netflix on your fire stick, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Fire gonna, sticks are peace, go. Peace out, everybody. All right. Bye. Bye.